I presume you all remember that uh, somewhat fascinating and terrifying period of your life in your kind of early teens or that when you suddenly realised that not everybody is a boy or not everybody is a girl and you start actually finding yourself maybe somewhat attracted to the other side, right? Very interesting uh, experience because you know when, when, you're, when, when, you're, when you're a child and uh, you find a girl, if you're a boy and you find a girl attractive, what do you do? You throw a stone at her, something like that, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's very romantic. Uh, or when you get a little older maybe, uh, you arrange, you know, the girls might arrange uh, so when, he's, when Johnny's walking past, push me into him. You know what I mean? Oh, my goodness. Hello, Johnny. How are you? Um, all these little things. And uh, I went to a mixed secondary school, like, so there was a lot of shenanigans uh, going on. And it was just, it's, just, it, it, it's a very, as I say, kind of exciting <clears throat> time in your life when you're growing up and learning how to manage all of these feelings and emotions and attractions and things. Uh, something strange has has happened in the last couple of years. Uh, when it comes to, to dating, when it comes to socialising, something has, has gone very, very wrong. Uh, the last couple of, of years have seen, I guess maybe things like lockdown didn't help. It, it, was, it was a problem beforehand anyway. But with the amount of impure material available online, it, it's, it's affecting the way people think. <clears throat> it's affecting the way people see each other. Three friends of mine who, who are girls, just in the last month, uh, when I was talking to them, all, <clears throat> all three of them said that they had been sent texts relatively recently uh, saying, hey, how are you doing? Any chance of a nude picture of yourself? Like? Just like that. Just like that. It's, that's the way it's asked. Hey, how are you doing? Any chance of a nude picture of yourself? And I mean, I, I just, I remember listening to this, I thought like, do you know this guy well? I mean, how, have you been in contact much? I mean, um, was there an awful long conversation beforehand? I mean, was he in any way trying to soften the question? No, 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 just uh, straight to it. And it just, it, it shocks me because <clears throat> there's something missing here. And I was trying to identify what is it that's missing? What, what, uh, what how used things be done? And what's missing now? So if you remember how, how dating and courting and all of that used to be done, well, the key issue, the, the key thing which I think is missing <clears throat> is what we would call reverence. Before, you'd see a girl and you'd ask her to dance and she might say yes, she might say no, and if she says no, there you go. What can you do? You move on. Uh, but she says, yes, it's, it's a dance, so you have to, you know, take care of her. You have to show a bit of reverence. And then afterwards, you can ask for a second dance and maybe invite her for a club orange or a club milk or whatever it is. You know, you, like, you're, you're showing reverence. You hold the door, you push in the chair, you drive her home, drop her home, and drive away. You know, all, so it's, it's, it's those simple little things, really. But they all show this one key thing, reverence, reverence. That, and even the word reverence, the word reverence, the etymology of the word reverence means to stand in awe of. To stand in awe. So to stand as such uh, bewildered or bowled over by, by the beauty of this person, by, 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 this, by, by everything that this person is, not just appearance. You know, so there's something very uh, 
when you look at how dating used to go, like there's method to it. There's a reason to it. I think the underlying concept was, was to show reverence for the person. And then after reverence has been shown, then there's dating, there's courtship, there's engagement, there's marriage. And after the reverence, then you have intimacy. But reverence precedes intimacy. Reverence must precede intimacy. If two people meet and then, hey, how are you doing? Any chance you want to come back to my place? There is no reverence. You have intimacy with no reverence, which ends up feeling somehow empty and it's, it's use. Even John Paul II said, he said, the opposite of love isn't hatred. The opposite of love is use. To use another person. Why do we say all this? <clears throat> when it comes to liturgy, when it comes to our relationship with the Lord, there's something similar going on here. Remember we said yesterday that uh, we quoted uh, Benedict XVI from his, his book, The Spirit of the Liturgy, where he said, uh, in the reception of Holy Communion, something happens, an exchange of uh, something happens, which is comparable to the one flesh union of man and wife. So when we receive Holy Communion, something happens, which is comparable to the one flesh union of man and wife. Again, it's an astounding expression that in the one flesh union of, 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 of man and woman in, in, within marriage, you have an exchange of persons. Man gives himself to his wife, wife gives, himself, gives herself to, to her husband, an exchange of persons. And this is, this is life-giving, this is holy, this is sacred, this is a good thing. In Holy Communion, something similar is supposed to happen where God gives himself to me and I give myself to him and we enter into a holy communion. We enter into a holy communion. So even in, in the liturgy, reverence should precede intimacy. Reverence should precede intimacy. So before I receive holy communion, I revere it. You understand? I, 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 I see who the Lord is or what the Lord is trying to do. He, he's trying to enter into a, a relationship, a holy communion with me. So I should have reverence, great, great, great reverence for what is happening before me. It's a, it's, it's a beautiful thing to have profound reverence for the Lord. And then in that spirit of reverence to enter into a, a divine intimacy, an intimacy with him, a friendship with him. In order for this to be the case, I think it's very important that we know not just that that's kind of a, a rule or a recommendation, okay, we should have reverence before intimacy. We should know who we are revering. If we don't know who God is, well then it's going to be difficult, I think, for us to, to revere him. So that's what sacred scripture and tradition are for to reveal who God is. And God primarily reveals himself as Father. In the Our Father, in the Creed, God reveals himself as Father. So we are revering uh, our, our Father. We are showing reverence for our Father. When we approach the, the, the altar, we're showing great reverence for Jesus the Son sacrificed on the cross, offered on the cross for you and for me. So this isn't about um, 
this goes way beyond just obeying rules or laws or anything. This is, this is knowing who God is and getting over ourselves and showing God the reverence that he deserves. You know, to show God the reverence that he deserves because he's God. There's no other, there's nothing like this in the world. Receiving Holy Communion, there's nothing like it. There's nothing, we can compare it to things maybe, but there's nothing like this reality where you get to receive the Lord into your body for the nourishment of your body and soul. There's just nothing like it. So it deserves us the greatest reverence before that intimacy, as in any loving relationship. So we ask the Lord today to increase our reverence for him, to increase our love for him, to increase this desire to give him an ever greater portion of our heart, that when we receive him, we might experience a true divine intimacy that God lives in me and I live in him.